Let's go, let's go, let's go. Welcome to another episode of with me, your host, Josh Brown of On The Air. Hey guys, you in the Eastern Panhandle, you know this, this lovely lady that I got with me here tonight. She's got an amazing story, a story that some of you may, may know and some of you haven't heard before. So this will be her first public time sharing this story, man. I, I encourage you guys just to sit back and, and enjoy the story that uh, my friend Danielle is going to share, she's going to give you her life. You know, she had some setbacks. She had things that may have knocked people out, but she didn't let it stop her from bossing up and creating her own empire to provide for her, her family, and, and, and generations after that. So I'm honored to have her here with us tonight. With no further ado, Danielle, introduce yourself to the family. Let them know your story so somebody can learn from you and and, um, and grow beyond what they are tonight. All right, hey, thanks for having me. I'm super excited that you asked me to do this. You're getting me out of my comfort zone. Um, I'm Danielle Corbin, I'm 35, I'm in Martinsburg. Well, kind of, I'm halfway in Martinsburg, halfway in Bunker Hill, West Virginia. <laughs> um, I own New Church's Vibes, but it took a lot to get here, and I just wanted to share and hopefully inspire someone and help someone with my story. Um, I always said that God didn't put me through the struggle just to go through the struggle and not use it, so hopefully I help somebody. <clears throat> um, I was born in Winchester, Virginia. I, my dad worked at a printing shop, and my mom was a hairstylist. She had her own salon. Um, I had an older sister. She was three years older than me. I grew up in Bunker Hill. My parents divorced when I was four. And then after that, my mom moved me and my sister to Winchester. Um, in Winchester, it was a lot of different schools. It was, um, a lot of different houses. We never settled. My mom was just trying to be a single mom and struggling. Um, so we just bounced around a lot. Um, she was in an abusive relationship. So that was like the first trauma that I remember when I was um, young. I think I was like when I was five and six. Um, thankfully we were saved from that. My mom got us out of that and we moved back to West Virginia where me and my sister were stable with my mom. She remarried. We, um, I went to school. It was like, I think if I'm not mistaken, I might've went to like five different elementary schools from kindergarten to second grade. So like that, like shows that you'll hear later it shows like I was I was afraid to get comfortable because my atmosphere environment was always changing um and then so I grew up I played softball I cheered I had a pretty normal life after that um when I was 11 or 12 I moved in with my father who was still in Bunker Hill um and he raised me from there um, my sister st stayed with my mom and from that point I cheered I cheered in high school and I just started hanging out with the wrong crowds um, 
like I said, I had an older sister, so I always wanted to be cool and fit in with her. And she always wanted me to be cool because she didn't want to tell or she didn't want me to tell it on her. <laughs> so we, um, I started drinking when I was 13. Um, and from that point, I did it often, uh, started smoking cigarettes, all that fun stuff. And uh, when I was 15, it started into the hard stuff. Um, I got with like the high school sweetheart person and um, it led to more drugs and partying. And I still tried to cheer. <laughs> and finally I got basically kicked out of cheerleading because I was a mess. Um, I would go in there smelling like cigarette smoke, but I didn't smoke cigarettes, so I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I was like always like I was like the rebel of the of the squad, I guess. So I got kicked off of there. And then from that point, I just didn't have anything else to do positive except for go to school. So like on the weekends, I was supposed to be going to my mom's and seeing her and I wouldn't be going to my mom's. I would be going out partying, staying wherever I could. Um, just, yeah, just living that crazy life. Um, I graduated. I did do that. Um, when I got out of school, I attended Shepherd with the same boyfriend that I started using with. And from there... I stayed in college for about a year and then I moved back to Winchester. Um, I left that guy and I got with another guy um, a little bit later on, but that he used a different substance and I started using that substance. So from that point, I was about 21 or so and um, I was trying to live on my own, trying to pay my bills and didn't realize I had a habit and didn't realize that I had a problem. Um, and I came back home, um, after that to West Virginia, cause I was in Winchester. So I came back home and got on another substance. And that was, um, that was with another boyfriend so if you can't tell like I just always did whatever that person was doing I felt like that's what I had to do to fit in and that's what I had to do to be loved or to be on their level and do you know what I mean like get that same type of um yeah kind of like I understand what you're saying because it seems like there's a ripple effect um mm -hmm where like, you know, you were young and your parents had split up and then, you know, you started living with your mom and then you went to five different elementaries. And I can only imagine, you know, like every other year or so you're going to another school trying to learn new friends and, you know, fit in. It's like, okay, well, why do I need to get comfortable? Because I'm about to leave again. And how that really trickled into, into your adult life to where you started, you know, hanging with people and, and that's how like you found acceptance because that's probably when you started to feel like oh well this is time well now it's time for me to be okay to be accepted and when coming with being accepted by other people was doing what they were doing I noticed you said that you were on three different substances um around the age of tw um, to like 21 um did, did you think at, at any time that you noticed that it was like 
taking a hold of you and you didn't care to change or was it just like all at once like oh I'm just stuck into this and now I'm like now I'm in it no um like I said it it wasn't it was three different things so I never felt stuck until like later on I'll get to that but um I just I just um what was your question oh that's all right I was like I asked like when you were on those substances did you did you ever have that moment like oh man I'm stuck like but I can't get out of it or was it something that gradually like hit you like oh I'm already in it you know like did 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 you know that, okay, I'm being stuck or did you find it all at one time? So I was like um, an addict that still lived like everyday life. Like I didn't realize I was an addict. I just thought like I was getting high and I was getting fun. Like I didn't realize that most of my money that, like when I was young, when I was in my 20, early twenties, I had a really good job. I was making probably more money than my parents and all that money I had nothing to show for because I was using it all all on drugs but I didn't realize it at the time so I never felt I never realized that no I had a problem until later yes I, I understand because you you mentioned where you started drinking at 13 my first drink was 12 mm -hmm. um so you know and mine was like a a quiet thing where nobody knew. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I excelled so much, you know, in sports that I think I kind of got away with it even more because nobody even thought to even say like, oh man, is he drunk? Because it yeah. got to the point to where I was literally, I was drunk in high school events. Like I remember yeah. the state track meet my senior year and I was absolutely drunk. I was hiring than, than gas prices and it was like, I'm still excelling. So nobody bothered to be like, hey, what's wrong with him? So I understand how like the early age drinking, you know, may have just started like something, oh, it's fun. And then led you on to other things. I was on some some other hard drugs, but people are going to have to tune into the book to uh, to get the full disclosure on that. So I, I understand your your story and um, the acceptance. Like, was there ever a point in time where you begin to say beyond those three boyfriends okay I don't need anybody's acceptance anymore like did you get to points where you accepted yourself to where like you were okay with like who you were eventually yes um I the it took me a lot to get to that point because like I said I didn't realize I had a problem um I was going I remember I joined I was 20 two maybe 23 and I joined a competition cheerleading squad and I didn't even realize that doing pills and even harder substances before practice at like for cheer for that cheer squad like I didn't realize that was even a problem um so like once I I got in I got into heroin um and like when i didn't when i couldn't find pills i was using heroin i was an iv user but i was still using it um and my that boyfriend at the time he was the person selling it so when he what triggered me to realize that i had a problem was when he looked at me and he called me a dope head mind you he was the one that got me into this lifestyle so he called me a dope head and literally I picked up the phone and I called my mom and I was like, mom, I need help. Um, from that point, 
she sent me right to, I had a good job. She sent me right to Florida. I had insurance. I went to rehab. Um, and that's what made me realize at that point, like I said before, I never, I was just partying. I was having fun. I'm young. You know what I mean? Um, I never realized it until then. So that, that word, that word dope hit, and I'm sure people hear it all the time. So I was going to ask you, but you, you already took us there. Like, what was the, what was the moment that you realized that something needed to change? So, so, so the word dope hit, like when you hear the word dope hit now, like what, 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 what comes to mind when you, when you hear that word? I feel sorry. I feel so sorry for whoever they're talking about um, because it's not, it's a bad label. Like when you haven't experienced it and you haven't been through it, like it, that's a bad label to have for that person because you don't know like what they're going through. But because I went through it, like, and I felt like all the pain and like, it was so hard to like overcome that. Um, yeah. I, I just feel like when I hear the word today, it doesn't set me off or anything. I just feel like my heart hurts. Yeah. I want to, of course, you know, like there, you know, when you hear dope, you hear crackhead and you know, you have a more understanding than most, like those people are going through something that it's just, it's not them. Um, yeah. it's something that that's completely taken over. And I think, you know, we use, we use those words so freely, not knowing the effect that it really has on somebody or how, or how hard they're trapped in, in that lifestyle. So, I mean, you, you seem to, to be able to battle through you know, opposition your whole life, you know, you're 35 now you've, you know, you went through your parents' divorce. You've seen your mother go through um, a, a traumatic situation around you were five or six and got all of it. You've been through three or I mean five different elementaries. You went back with your dad, back to your mom in the college into addiction. So it's safe to say that life's really punched you. Um, mm -hmm. And harder than it has a lot of people. And now it seems to be you, you, you're bossed up now. You, you got hey. the thing going. So like, what, um, what inspired you to take that route into the, the, the company you have now and explain to them, like, what got you to the point? So you want to help the people the way that you're helping people? Well, um, I got, so in my addiction, I went to rehab and I got out and I still wasn't, I st still relapsed. Um, and I got into some legal trouble. I had to do a little bit of time. Um, and I got that big F on my record and labeled a felon. Um, and at that point, like I did not have any faith. I did not have any belief that I was going to succeed in life. I felt like I was going to be working like, you know, this dead end job because no one's going to want to hire me. And then like, I realized, um, well, actually I didn't realize yet. I had my second daughter and I wanted to lose weight. So I got on these products. I, um, connected with now she's my mentor and she like talked me into like, starting this business, um, help, helping people get healthy because I was getting my results. I love the product. So I did that. Um, and literally like, thank God I did because even like all the steps in recovery and stuff like that didn't make me develop the way that I have developed now. Um, 
it taught me personal development. It taught me how to read books, how to be knowledgeable. I didn't have to go to school. I didn't have to work for somebody else. Like I have to work for myself. Um, so I just started doing everything that they recommended. And I realized that I could be an entrepreneur. I just had that mindset. And um, that's how I started helping people and started believing in myself and have faith that like, like you're not the label that they put on you. You're not that label that society gives you. You're way more than that. And it's all about you making it that. No one's gonna hand you anything. You know what I mean? Make you become anything. Like we have to become what we wanna be. So I didn't let society hold me back. From felon to boss. Yes. I never knew you were a felon. Um, yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning that right now. And I understand the um, the mental drainage that comes with that with being labeled felon. So now and every time you got to go, you got to check the box and then you got to explain. And then, well, oh, they're not going to hire me or do they hire felons? So like, I, I imagine like that, that probably took just an emotional toll on you. Um, and to me, that was it was part of my that was part of my push to, to start doing my own thing was because like, I got tired of explaining myself. I got tired of, you know, of, you know, living that label. And I, I tell one, one thing I tell people that are felons, they're like, oh, I'm a felon. I'm like, no, you're not a felon. You're just a person who had a felony. Uh -huh. like, that's not who we are. And I'm, I'm so glad you just spoke to the family like that to just understand, like, you've got to fight, you've got to push. Um, you, you have to understand that you're not what they label you. Um, your felony, do you, I mean, do you mind going into depth about like how, how it is you caught your felony? Um, I was into um, drugs, of course, and I was into making fast money and I got caught up doing that. Yeah, I know. Charge. Yeah, that, that, that fast money, I mean, especially being young, you know, and, and stuck in addiction. I understand people want to 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 make that fast money. I know I was tempted a lot growing up to try to get into that, but I was so much into sports that it kind of stopped me. So it was kind of like a blessing, even though I was still stuck in, in addiction. Yeah. Um, and then I think that's when the, uh, I say the spoiled brat syndrome helped me because mm -hmm. I never had to really want or ask for, I mean, want for anything because all I had to do was ask and I get it. So like, let, talk to me about, listen, we we know now that you know you've over, you've overcome obstacles you've you've beat life's um, setbacks like what is it that your 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 um, business has to offer to the to the community? Um, what we have to offer first of all is a positive, happy vibe, like the best vibes and atmosphere that we can offer. Um, after that, you're going to experience the nutrition. We have healthy shakes, meal replacement shakes. We have energy teas um, post-workout, pre-workout. Uh, but my biggest goal and the reason that I wanted to have my business was to help people. Um, my goal when I opened was to target addicts and felons to give them hope, to give them a place to work, to give them a place that they weren't being judged. Um, and to eventually maybe become an entrepreneur, open up their own business. That, that was my ultimate goal and why I was so pressed on opening my business now. Um, 
and of course I have three girls. I'm a single mom to three pretty little princesses. And I more than anything, just want to leave them a legacy. And I want to show them that no matter what, no matter what life setbacks, like you can do whatever you put your mind to. Definitely. You, you can do it. I mean, I guess, you know, I'm a felon, you're a felon. I, I'm going to have to take you up and, and uh, see what this business situation's about, you know, get that felony <laughs> connection going on. You know, we, like we've all been, we've been knocked down, but you know, we, we've gotten back up. Um, Daniel, listen, I, I loved having you, you on here and I like, I would like to have a small closing with you and not that you haven't done already. Um, speak to the, the person who's struggling with addiction right now, speak to the person who's just down and out that they think life's hard. Can, is there just one nugget, something that you can leave them with to, for them that they may be inspired or have some hope um, after listening to, to your, your gracious story that you just gave us tonight? Um, I just want to say that, um, God has plans for you that it's, it's not too late to overcome your demons. It's not too late to overcome anything you're struggling with. Um, the, the biggest thing that I struggled with forever is what other people thought and other people judging me. And after I overcame that, uh, and got past that and I have faith in God, like, I just kept conquering and conquering and conquering. There's not, there's never going to be an easy path. There's never going to be like anything handed to you. Like you have to work for everything that you want. And, um, even, even with addiction, you have to work to stay clean. You have to work to get through it. Um, like I never thought I'd be celebrating 10 years of sobriety on March, uh, March 22nd of this year. Like people would celebrate 10 years in front of me, like at the meetings and stuff. And I'd be like, Oh, like I'll probably never see that. And here I am. So never stop believing in yourself. Um, and just, just no matter what people say or what people think of you, just keep going. Like you're worthy. Hey, you're worthy. That, that is a whole vibe in itself. Hey, listen, for anybody out there, you're struggling with addiction, man. There's help out there. Don't be scared to reach out. Don't be scared to, to listen to the message and understand, man, that there's more, there's more to life than, than, than what you're living. And then you can, can, you can come out of it. Um, I always say, listen, if we just live life one moment, one minute, one hour, we can conquer anything that we desire to do. We love having you. Danielle, tell the listeners where, where can they get to you? Where can they, you know, get that tea, you know, get that, that boost of energy, get lit is what get lit the right way. Let, let the, the listeners know how they can reach you. You can find me at 39 Monroe street in Martinsburg. I'm right beside warm Springs eatery right near extreme gym in the Berkeley Plaza. Hey, and hopefully I'll be at multiple places in town soon. <laughs> hey, y'all hear that? She's looking for a partner right now. Hey, don't be scared to, to stop what you're doing and take that leap of faith. Just as Danielle did, as she did it, you can do it too. Danielle, um, we want to congratulate you on your 10 years coming up. March is a big month. You're going to be celebrating your recovery. I got a book coming out, Prison to Purpose. My Road to Redemption, Your Road to Triumph coming out in March. So hey, March is a big month. We're looking forward to it. 
We appreciate having you, family. As I said all the time, man, live it one moment, one minute, one hour, and you can conquer anything that you set out to do, man. We love you. Thank you, Danielle, and God bless. Thank you.